Rockabies, that is. We'll have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, we live, baby. Yo. <laughs> yeah, hold up. Ah, don't got mom spaghetti on me. <laughs> Yo, tonight, we got to recap some championship games. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, where did it all go wrong? Detroit Lions. Are you just a little bit shady? <laughs> Yo, I got with me one and only EA Born, New Jabrews in the building, <laughs> including Millville, including T Deck, <laughs> the even kill, the rational, the intelligent. That don't bring feelings to a fat fight. Fat fight. Exactly. The one and only. Mr. Logic. You're Scuddy. And I <laughs> am not here for the games. I'm not here for Joel and B's bullshit. <laughs> I am 2-5. Collectively. Yes, you are now listening to the sound of Sports Reports is Order. Well, let's get this thing started. So, we start this thing off with a thing called Get It Off My Chest. We take a sports issue. It doesn't have to be negative. Mine is, but <laughs> it doesn't have to be negative. It's just something that perturbed us a little bit or something that grabbed our attention. So as I was sitting around the other day, everybody's in football mode. But, you know, this is sports reports as ordered, not football reports as ordered. So I was catching a little basketball. I flipped it on. And then as I turned it on, I heard we just got late word that Joel Embiid is not playing tonight. So this man has not played in Denver since 2019. He just had Joel Embiid and I'm sorry, uh, Jokic in his house two weeks ago. But the Denver fans can't get to see it. So that's his 11th game that he's missed this year. Now we know the new rule, 65 games to get all NBA, MVP, all that kind of stuff. What if he hurts his ankle? He going to be complaining if he don't win the MVP, right? After he chose to sit out 11 games. Now, I know he's I think he got hurt for one of the games or two of the games, but not all 11, not this game in Denver, but it brought me up yeah. to something that Sam Vecini said earlier today about Tyrese Halliburton and it's got me thinking because Ty Tyrese Halliburton's missed about roughly 13 games or so. So he's on a real tight window for the rest of the season as far as all NBA this is his contract year, so max, super max, $41 million on the table potentially. And if he misses these five games, he's not going to get any of that. I have a problem with it from the standpoint of don't let it affect his money. But if you're going to miss half the season, if you're going to miss 20 games, if you're going to miss 25 games, maybe I shouldn't vote you for an award over someone 
who has a similar season and has been doing it all year. That sounds right to me because, you know, Tyrese Halliburton is having the best season of his career, averaging 12 assists or so. So he should be rewarded. But the rule is not intended to hurt Tyrese Halliburton. The rule is intended to hurt people like the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid, (laughs) who chooses to sit on his ass in the middle of a marquee matchup, talking about he got soreness. I wake up with soreness every day. You know, I'm sure old man LeBron is sore. And he ain't even missing this many games. So this is my get it off my chest telling Joel Embiid to shit or get off the pot. Pass the trophy, son. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yo, it's it's because the owners, man. Like, the owners were charging so much for these tickets, for these marquee matchups, and then they were finding out that guys weren't playing because the postseason is more important, the rest is more important. I used to say it all the time. I was like, just have them practice less. Like, I'm pretty sure the games are tough and they're fast and these guys are just ultra-athletic and athletes and, and just very dynamic all together. But in the same sense, it's like, okay, well, you don't practice for two days. Let the soreness go away so you can play this game that – and now people know this use a whole, you know, this might be the one game a year family can go to, and I understand that. I understand, but it's like the fact that everybody who's at this game, no matter if it's the first time you're able to go – or you've gone to 10 games. If you're going to charge me for the fact that X player is showing up, then there should be an encouragement for the team to be like, listen, you got to play because this ticket last week versus Charlotte was $125. And now Phoenix, we in town, that same ticket is 375. So like it's, you need to be here. Yo, for real. for, For that experience. When I was living in Colorado, um, I took my ex-wife's uncle to an NFL game. He said he had never been to an NFL game. So uh, the Cleveland Browns came to town. And we were sitting about four rows up from one of the end zones. And I paid $40 a piece for those tickets. Two weeks later, you know, say, oh, uh, America's team came through. <laughs> and the standing room tickets were $500. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so The this marquee is, matters. Right. This is the thing, you know. And in the NFL, I get it, right? The last game of the season, you know, you got your playoff bid secure. I understand, you know, hey, I'm going to get my guys some rest or whatever. But even then, I'm like, play a quarter or something or play like, You know, treat it like preseason. Play two possessions or something. You know, um, give the fans something. But when I look at the NBA, I just see – I don't even know if load management works. Like, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think about this. Like, you know, the Bucs won the title in 2021. You know, I don't know if Giannis sat out 20 days. I don't think there's a science holistically to the load management effectiveness or not. I think it's just individual how that player feels that day. Because if you need to take this many breaks to hopefully play the 
four rounds of the playoffs from April to June, the likelihood of you playing every important game April to June isn't better. If you if you have to rest in January, you have to rest three or four games in February, you have to rest in March, then what is the likelihood of you being able to make it April through June? It's a, it's it might be even more physically demanding because you're playing back to you're playing with one day one day's rest. You're playing against the same guy defending you. And if you go seven game series, that's like seven. I think you're playing about seven games and about 12 days, give or take, like the, when, from the first game. Yeah. Cause you might get, cause now with every team having private jets, you might play your first game in Phoenix and then your next round, your next game or games two, three, and four are in Memphis. You fly after the, the, the game in Phoenix. Land in Memphis, check your hotel, get your one day, and then you're playing the following night because, like, the whole team got there five hours after your last game ended. So you're going to be – it's going to be more of a grind then. So if you can't do it when you have two games in a five-day, six-day win on the regular season, I don't know if it's going to be effective for you as a player in the playoffs. And that's why for me, and maybe I'm a little old school in my thinking, I admit that that happens to me sometimes, you know, but – I'm like, if you want this award, you'll play. If 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 this All NBA means that much to you, unless you're for real injured, it shouldn't even be a conversation. Like I shouldn't, you should. Joel Embiid, it's January 29th right now. You and the season started October, like mid October into the 20th. Yeah, mid to late October, yeah. You should not have missed 11 games already if you're not straight up injured. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, if it was March 1st, okay, I can buy you missing 11 games, you know, but we're talking about not even February yet. Not even at the all-star break. You play 50 games for the all-star break and you already missed 11 and we're not even at the all-star break yet. Right. But yet if he does and knock on wood, cause I don't want him to get injured, you know, but if he does hurt his ankle and miss 10 games, when we get to May, I don't want to hear I'm the rightful MVP. Like I led the league in scoring or, you know, I did this, my defense, X, Y. No, you weren't here. They're out in the second round of the playoffs anyway. So it's, he's going to have an MVP season and they're going to be out in the second round of playoffs again because they haven't done anything to, they don't look like a better team than they were last year. So he just, he's just having a great season. It's just going to be marred by the fact that once again, they're going to be out in the second round, but we'll get into more basketball talk as a, as these weeks progress. Yeah, right. you know, trade deadline is next week. So, you know, it is what it is, y'all. You know what I'm saying? And don't forget, you know, Saturday night, even though I hate both of their guts, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Duke and North Carolina, you know, top 10 matchup. You know, it is what it is. Basketball is in full effect Throwback. as well. So, uh, something happened out in Santa Clara yesterday. You know, all I thought the whole second half was, is there a doctor on the scene? Because Detroit, I've never, I've seen teams choke before. I've seen teams blow leads before. I've seen teams come yeah. back. Yeah. That's I don't know if I saw a team in a playoff game give up 17 points in eight minutes. They imploded. <laughs> and it threw his fingers up. I was uh I was texting the other group chat. Shout out to the hot box. 
when the score was 21 to 7. And I was like, Detroit's really about to go to the Super Bowl. Like, it's really about to be Kansas City, Detroit, and the Super Bowl. And I know I wasn't, you know, being like, I just felt like the way Detroit was playing that game, they were playing the game that we all expected. And it was the, the stuff that I said, the reason why I picked them. The reason I picked them, they were doing everything that I said why they were going to win in the first half. Brock Purdy was going to throw you one or two potentially catchable interceptions through one. A couple of them hit guys in the hands. And then they were uh, they were um, running the ball. They had the gadget plays. They got Jameson Williams involved. I was like, okay, just maintain this. You're going to halftime with 17 point lead. Yes, it's not insurmountable, but it's three possessions. So as long as you keep yourself in a position where you're up two or three possessions for the rest of the game and make them claw back, especially if you can run the ball. Because if you run the ball effectively, you can get like a first down. You can essentially get two minutes off the clock every first down. Like if you go first, second, third down, you run three plays, get a first down, easily get two minute chunks off the clock just because of the 40 second play clock. You're going to run, you're going to run the clock down. So you effectively run the ball, no crazy passes, incompletions, keep the clock ticking, keep the lead. You put a little panic into the opposing team. You get a little panic in the crowd because we'll talk about Baltimore. The crowd got real quiet. They let the crowd get back in this game in Santa Clara, and it was a wrap. Like the, the communication for Detroit was off. We talked about the, 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 the turnovers in the second half. Gibbs looked like he went the wrong way. So I don't know if it was a matter of it wasn't communicated in the huddle or you couldn't hear. And that led to the tying touchdown. It just, when the wheels started to fall off, I'm not sure where the veterans were to like calm people down. Mm-hmm. Because well, it, was a, it, was, it was a stat that I saw real quick. It was a stat that they put on the screen and it said total number of like the players that have played in uh, championship games, like the total number. So between Detroit, I think they had three players, and that their total was seven championship games. Jared Goff has played in a couple. Um, the couple, I think CJ Gardner Jones was another guy. Uh, San Francisco, <laughs> their total was 73 games for their collection of guys. So it's just like those amount of guys you've seen, they rallied around the fact that, listen, chip at this we chip at it chip at it chip at it and then when they got the lead it was like okay this is it yeah so uh when i look at brock purdy i don't necessarily see a great quarterback and it's too soon to have that conversation but when i look at brock purdy what i do not see i do not see john kitna i do not see brad johnson i do not see kyle orton because all three of those quarterbacks would have lost that game yesterday. All three of those quarterbacks would have lost to Green Bay last week. So, Detroit, you know, they came through first half on the same drive. On the same drive, they completed a third and 12 and a third and 18. You know, so at that point, even I thought the game was over. Yeah. You know, my guy Gibbs was getting some yards. You know, uh, 
Jamison Williams had the long touchdown. San Francisco just looked shell-shocked. And the narratives just wrote themselves. Kyle Shanahan again. He does it in a big game again. Where's your offense? You know, and I went, I, was thinking. Hot, I went on the hot box at halftime. And, you know, me and Ruby Rowe brought up the question, like, you know, hey, he's been there since 2017. I'm not saying he needs to be fired or nothing like that, but, I mean, is next year a conversation? You know, like, like just from the standpoint of we're here and we ain't getting there. Now, obviously, that's hyperbole to some degree. Yeah. You know, but scouts can tell you how fast somebody is. Scouts can tell you whether somebody can get out of a block fast. Scout can tell you, scouts can tell you if he's using the proper technique to catch the ball. Scouts can't measure your heart. And that's what Brock Purdy has shown us the last two weeks. Everybody wanted him to prove it. Come back from 10 behind. He did it. No Debo Samuel. Yesterday, he came back from 17 down at halftime. They were getting dominated. So even what are we going to say? Even at seven that they got was like, it's it didn't feel like enough. Like yeah. when they, even when they scored and it was 14-7, I was like, man, Detroit has this game in hand. You know, They're but, doing everything they wanted to do offensively. And I was like, but he still called back. Gotta yeah, so that's it. my question. What are we going to say now? Because even if you want to say, oh, he's got the weapons, he's got Ayuka and Kittle and McCaffrey and Debo. He ran for six first downs yesterday. He ran for six first downs yesterday. Eat your heart out, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you know, I think, like I said, I don't want to call it Brock Purdy slander. I just think the argument is, is forced. It's dope. It's simply because he's playing good football. That is it. Like, no matter where he got drafted, because he keeps talking, oh, he's the last pick in the draft. Tony Romo was undrafted. Right, and if Dallas gets a call here, there, he's in the NFC Championship game. So it's not like where you and get drafted. Dez was the Dez, Dez was caught the ball. that ball. I don't care. <laughs> caught that ball. Like people get argued all the time. He caught that ball, switched hands, and lunch for the for the for the pylon. Yeah. So he should have been down at the one. Granted, it's fourth and one. Maybe he should run the ball just get the first down. Oh and yeah, Baltimore. Throw. How about that Baltimore third yeah. and one? Yeah, just well, like ahead. I mean, let's just get the first down. But like I said, Dez caught that ball. And right. with Brock Purdy, like the argument now is just it's you, you can't you can't qualify or quantify it. Guys play poorly in the first half. The we're talking about we're gonna talk about the rematch, Casey and San Francisco. Patrick Mahomes played terrible in that Super Bowl until they needed to score two touchdowns. He didn't play that great touchdowns. last year in the Super Bowl. Well, he no, he didn't have to make big plays. They were always on the other side of the fifty. I think he he, he just they were always in good field position. So we had they didn't have the ball for most of it. Then they got the turnover touchdown, had a couple of good punt returns. So he just didn't have that many yards to throw the ball. But when yeah. he had to make plays, he made plays. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Brock Purdy is in that position where we talk about the fourth and three and the fourth downs for Detroit. There was one for the fourth and three. Jared Goff is rolling to the right. And I'm like, it's fourth down. You're out there by yourself. You might be able to just run and get this. Because most guys don't 
put all of their force in a hitting quarterback, especially when you're running towards the sideline. Right. Because there's a penalty. A lot of guys let up. Patrick Mahomes last year. He does that. He does it to people all the time where he gets to that sideline. I mean, he doesn't fake the slide like Kenny Pickett or Josh Allen. Yeah, you remember the whole uh, Cincinnati, you know, turning on their teammate last year. Yeah, but he like <laughs> Mahomes was like a whole like foot, two steps out of bounds when he hit him. I mean, he didn't. Not, he was like already near. He was near a Cincinnati bench player when the dude hit him. But when you get that close to the sideline, and Jared Goff is six five, six six, you're running out there by yourself. Just head down or, you know, keep your head up like you're going to throw it. But just know I'm not letting this ball go. Brock Purdy made that play. Patrick Mahomes and his games make that play. Lamar tends to make that play. Like some of these guys, Josh Allen, Roethlisberger back in the day, sometimes it's like, yo, I know the play calls for me to get this to this the third string tight end coming over on this shallow cross. But I can get to this pylon to keep this drive going because we need to convert this. I can't put anything up to chance. I can't put it in the air. Let's go ahead and just get this first down and press on. But that's the thing. Sometimes you just have to make game game winning plays, big time plays and and big time moments. I like Derek Goff. It just sometimes I feel like he is just too traditional and doesn't go off script. It doesn't make the play. That New England Super Bowl, New England wasn't playing that great of defense where you only got three points when you average 30 on a year. It's like that one play where they got defended in the end zone, man, run that shit back because it was wide open. Something's wide open. When you're playing that much pressure, like something's wide open in the back end. You just got to be able to make that play. And I think sometimes you just there, there's three to four play. plays a week in the NFL that we see that where it's, it's usually near the goal line where the quarterback has a straight line and he will just keep inching to the side, inching to the side, inching to the side, throw it out of bounds. And I'm just like, dude, you'd have had that touchdown five seconds ago if you'd have just took off. If you, you just know? feel like, you know what, I am I got to make this play. You know, and so so as far as, you know, the fourth downs go, Detroit went one for three. Josh Reynolds dropped one. Um, Like your play, the play you're talking about, you know, there you go, getting rid of half the field again. You know, and so when I look at Detroit, it's easy to criticize them. It's easy to say Dan Campbell made the wrong decision because he did. did. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I'm okay with it because it's Dan Campbell. This is what he does. You do what got you to the dance because not necessarily in this situation, but sometimes you try to go off script. You try to do something different, and it doesn't work out because it's not authentic and it's not you. So I get why he went for it because this is how he lives. I wouldn't have done it. If I was the owner or somebody along those lines and the power structure in Detroit, I might have a conversation with him and say, hey, Dan, next time maybe you shouldn't be yourself. But as far as Dan, as far as Dan Campbell yourself, this is what you do. You know, so, so yeah, I have but a it's, it's just it's point. the difference. And but like I said, well, you know, football was crazy this weekend. We'll talk about, you know, the the growing pains. I think Kyle Shanahan finally learned from his two collapses. The offensive coordinator Super Bowl with the Falcons when they blew that lead and he could have just ran the ball, kicked the field goal mm-hmm. and then the Super Bowl against Kansas City, where instead of running the ball again, because they were killing Kansas City running the ball, 
because they had Mostert coming in motion, getting the ball. Uh, they had wide receiver jet, jet sweeps. They were, they were killing them with the run, and they were hitting Kittle on very short passes quite often. And I think one pat one route on like a third or fourth down, Kittle was wide open. Right. But Garoppolo was looking deep. I'm like, yo, you probably could have popped that two. He's three not yards a game manager run. either, just because he turns the ball over too damn much. Yeah. So he just like I said, sometimes you just some guys just make plays in the moment. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's was he was able to just kind of like maintain and the defense would get him a get a turnover. Kind of like young Joe Flacco, where he's like, okay, just keep getting the ball back, and then eventually he'll make a good play. Right. Brock Purdy, I think, has a little more than that, but he also has like this gamer, like this, like this, like that, that gamer heart, like yeah, big time moment. So I'm not the moment's not too big for me. I'm about to make this play happen. And Dan Campbell was gonna learn that. All right, you'll never go broke taking a profit. Right. Especially when you had an opportunity to, to go up, what was it? Because they were 24 10 uh-huh. when they got the ball in, in the third quarter. 27 to 10, yeah. They could have gone up 27 to 10. That yeah. automatically, at a bare minimum, sends us on these three possessions. Short of you giving them a safety. They need and to get of course, the ball. Amir Gibbs, my guy with the fumble. I mean, fumbles happen. Like, I mean, look, those kind of plays happen, but. Because fumbles happen, because interceptions happen, when you're in position to get points, you got to get the points because the fumble can happen anywhere. Did uh did Brock you Purdy have an Eli goal. moment? Did Brock Purdy have an Eli moment? Where he with, just blacked out. Ricochet? Uh, it was <laughs> it was more of a Detroit moment. It's <laughs> like it's something that would like, but the same thing you need like like Hove said when you play with skill, good luck will happen. Tom Brady had that pass that Edelman caught that went right off of Alfred's hands yeah. in the middle. Alfred, it was Alfred Neal and Deion Jones, like our three best defenders that Super Bowl. One guy already had a pick six. Neal was a big hitter. Jones was causing fumbles all playoff long. And Edelman squeezed in between these two guys, diving for the ball as one guy hits it. Like you need a little lucky play like that, and it is gonna happen. Yeah. But you 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 have to you have to be in position to make those get those opportunities to happen. And I think that's just one of those times where it's just like literally dog it bounce off your face mask. The still picture is the best part because his hands are like this, right? Like he's ready uh-huh. to catch the ball after the ball had like bounced off his face mask. So the ball had was ricocheting off his face mask, but his hands are like this. It's like where were you looking at? <laughs> Hearing the ball. So uh and he had his moment. I mean, is it career defining? Maybe. We'll see. They win the Super Bowl. It might be. The perk is that he is still cheap. Mm-hmm. He's still cheap next well, year. This is the this is what we've learned. This is the Russell Wilson plan. You know, like spend the money. While the quarterback is young, you got Voltron over here, and you know, like like we had the Legion of Boom, you had Marshawn Lynch, you didn't have to pay Russell yet. Russell was getting eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it worked out, and that's Fourth where Brock Purdy is right now. So, can it work out? I mean, I like it. 
I like it for San Francisco. Like I said, I never I hear mainly because I I watch uh first things first. Nick's right. Nick Wright argument is always yeah. I, 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 against I, his team. I I like I like Nick. I think he has. I think he's very cogent analysis of a lot of games. But when it comes to Kansas City, even though he turned out to be right, uh, Kansas City and Brock Purdy is like he has the blinders on. Patrick Mahomes is making him look like a genius with this play, but every week his argument against Brock Purdy loses a little bit of steam. He was but saying he, it with his chest when he lost it, those three he games in a row. Because he had it locked in. He had it locked in when they lost three games in a row. And it was like everything that he was saying and all the Jimmy Garoppolo comparisons worked. And then they went on this run. And it was like, all right, Nick, your argument is starting to fall a little flat. And then they got beat by Baltimore. And it was like, see? And it's like, Everyone's getting beat by Baltimore that way, right? Up until that point. So, and that Baltimore had gone on the tear of like that two or three weeks around that game. So, mm-hmm. once again, the argument kind of grew legs, but then it fell short again. Mm-hmm. So, when now at these last couple of weeks, yeah, he's played poorly in the first half and he's come back in the second half. This last week, I mean, yesterday, it should end any of this. Does he have it in him? Kind of stuff right but some guys have the talent to be front runners like Carson Wentz was having an MVP caliber season before he tore his ACL mm-hmm. but that was that was his his peak like he right. I don't think he'll ever get back to that honestly I don't think he'll ever get an opportunity to get enough time to get back to that Baker Mayfield another guy is like that year he you know Skip Bayless talks about it that 11 games when he went eight and three and beat Pittsburgh for their playoff win that might be his peak. Mm-hmm. You know, he might not be able to get back to that. But Brock seems to be like, you know what? This might be what he does. Well, I mean, by he the was time a, he needs, by the time he, he gets paid, like un- until that Baltimore game, he was probably the MVP front I think, runner. I think he was like first or second because Dak, I don't know if Dak went from first to like fourth after the Miami game or after the Buffalo game. One of the games, one of the AFC East games for Dallas. Dak went from I think it was the Miami candidate. It was Miami, the yeah. leading candidate to four. I think Brock went from three to two. Josh Allen got up there, and then Lamar went to one like right. a week or so after. It was it was it was super interchangeable for like you know about 14 days. Yeah. You know, everyone be in prisoners in a moment. And then yeah. pretty much once Lamar got to once Lamar got to his spot, then it was like, all right, it's locked in. So so you know, my first summary for this game. When, you know, I was like, we got to, I got to write some notes. I got to do this, you know, saying my first thought was Detroit. First half and second half matched Eminem's career. You know, the first half was great. Second half fell off a cliff. Like, you know, so I mean, it made sense. You know, he's out there throwing his middle fingers up at everybody. CJ's out there waving goodbye to everybody. You know, sometimes you got to play the game, man. You just got to let it play out. But, you know, as I was looking at this on a serious note. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was mad. He was mad. Like, it was no, some he had dude, to be. He had he to was, be. Yeah, he stood there and took it like a champ, though, but he was mad. Some dude he was had to be. To you know, I mean, yeah. what can you do when your team, you know, gives up 27 unanswered? 
you know, while they have a 17 point lead, like I said, 17 points in eight minutes, you know, uh, there's certain things that I think like that Ayuk play we were talking about. Yeah. I think that's one of those moments where even though, cause sports doesn't make sense, even though none of these dudes played on any of those Detroit Lions teams, somebody in that huddle was like, here we go again. Or, that's so Detroit. Like, and even if they said it, they might have been joking, but somebody in that huddle was like, Yeah. I heard someone talk about Dallas. I don't I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was first thing first or somebody else. But what they were saying is that it's the same thing with the Cowboys. The Cowboys drought for you know, like a better word, for a championship game. So 28 years. Most yeah. of their star players are 27 and under. Right. So none of those guys were even alive to be even impacted by that or even influenced by it. But because everyone knows that that number yeah. keeps growing year yeah. after year, yeah. now you have 23, 24-year-old CeeDee Lamb and Michael Parsons like thinking, are we going to be a continued generation of Dallas Cowboys stars that doesn't get it done? So yeah. you get in those moments when it's like, you can fight through and get this holding call, or you can drop in the zone and make this play. You don't know what to do because you're just worried about how's it going to look. Can I get open? That I'm already. We're only down seven zero, so it's like these Detroit players. They've given the Detroit fans more this you know past couple of years they've had ever than they've had in their essentially ever. their aside from having Barry Sanders as your Hall of Fame like. They haven't had much overall success. A lot of right. bags on the heads with the holes cut out. But to be so close, I don't know what their win ind- index was, but it had to be like 75% when they were up 17 at halftime. Their and win I, probability had to be like 75%. And I get it. You know, as a Florida State fan, I told you on this show, every time, every year when we play Miami, the first thing I think is don't let it come down to a kick. And – you know, that was 33 years ago you know, and 32 years ago, you know, and, you know, 24 years ago. <laughs> and there was a block 19 years ago, you know, but, 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 you know, but, that, but that's what, and, oh, and not 20 years ago, I was in the stadium when they missed the field goal and Frank Gore won the game in overtime. So, so, so like, I get it. Like, you know what I mean? And, and then when you watch ESPN or whatever you watch all week long, they just show these things. So as a Cowboy fan, I'm sure like you were watching first take or something and somebody was like, hey, remember when Romo could have, all he had to do was catch the snap and, you know, they go on to the next round. They go on the next round. to catch, you know, like that stuff. And I these guys crazy. were in high school when those, they were like, what was that? That was like 10 years ago. So these guys were in seventh and eighth grade. Once again, yeah. not associated Nothing with the Cowboys with at all. Yeah, and they come here, they put the jersey on. So it's the same thing with Detroit. They saw all their fans crying and posting on social media, and and then there's like all these heartfelt stories of sorry, like Gabby, guys in hospice care. You know, it just was like the whole city just was like rejuvenated. And then they're up twenty four seven. They got their king in the building talking about Marshall Mathers. They got their new Viking leader Dan Campbell, and it's like, yeah, we're doing this. Right. And we we just watched it. It didn't even it fell apart quickly. Like that yeah. lead was done before was the gone, third quarter. Literally, literally, it was twenty four to seven. Right. I went downstairs to get on the hot box. We were on there for like 25, 30 minutes. 
talking about Shanahan and all that. I came upstairs, and by the time I sat down, San Francisco was going in to take the lead for the first when, time all game. When they got it, it was 24-10. They didn't kick the field goal. 24-17. Gibbs fumbled, fumbled maybe yeah. on first down. Yep. First or it second down. It was real down. quick. It was real quick, yeah. yeah. So San Francisco ended with the ball at the 27-28 yard line. Yeah, and I was looking. I was like, "Are they really about to blow this lead this quick?" Yeah, it's and like no way. Boom, 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 touchdown. And I was like, "This is." I'm like, "That, that was it." I knew I that. I, knew it was it. I felt bad for Detroit. Like I really did. You know, like I've always liked Detroit. Hey, I've never I can empathize. I can. I've never, I've never been there, but I always feel that Detroit is just one of those cities that's in my heart. You know what I mean? Struggling city. You know, forgotten about sometimes. Like so, like I I care about the their choice. airport layout is awful. It's just long. It's just one straight long terminal. Man, yeah. it felt like I was like I don't need to take the trolley. I should have taken the trolley. <laughs> walking to get to from one gate to my connected flight, it took yeah. forever. So if you ever go to Detroit, take the trolley. Just yeah. don't even save you time. No, I get it. And you know, of course, that brings us to my hometown. They got to get an opponent. You know, we're the MVP. You know, we talked about this last week. I told you I wanted to pick Kansas City. I was on the brink of picking Kansas City, but I just thought Baltimore was playing so well and had so much momentum, I just couldn't do it. And then there was something that I said in the middle of all that, which was Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes and Baltimore doesn't. (laughs) That's not a knock to Lamar Jackson. That's not a knock. It's just the truth. It's ridiculous. It doesn't you know, make any sense. It doesn't and, and, make oh, any sense way, that, he, that he can do what he do. It doesn't yeah, make want, any sense. I, I want to get your thoughts on this. So a couple years ago, you sent me this video. Everybody knows this video where Odell's daddy found 12 minutes of video of Baker oh. Mayfield not throwing mm-hmm. his son the ball. So now he's at it again. You with, the, you with Odell's daddy this time? Is that... Because I looked at it, it didn't have a verified check and like the name under it. So I'm like, I never really looked to verify it. I just. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it I, multiple places. So hopefully it was real. But <laughs> I I mean, I don't know what they, they paid him $18 million. He probably had 18 catches on the season. Yeah, yesterday he had three catches for not. Well, he had 22 yeah. yards. So barely. He, 18. he was one of the probably one of the most polarizing like. He was an NBA star in the NFL. You don't have many of those where yes. it's just wherever he goes, he's followed. He was at the Met Gala. He was in France all the time at these fashion shows. He was everywhere. He like was on that damn boat. People would, yeah, the boat thing was still dope. <laughs> the, the funniest thing about the boat thing is all those dudes were dressed for, for December in New York City. So yeah. every single one of them on the boat was wearing jeans and like furry films and no shirts. <laughs> they just literally flew down right from the stadium. Uh, now, I mean, listen, I you were riding with him all year long. They won 13 games. He's MVP. It just one team had seasoned vets. And my son told me something the other day, and I think it, it might tie into a lot of these collapses that we see. He told me that since the beginning of last season, every single NFL team has changed at least one offensive or defensive coordinator. 
like every single team is either lost one, fired one, replaced one, so forth and so on. Even Kansas City, but Kansas City is fortunate to still have Matt Nagy there, still have Spags, and still have Andy Reid. So they had the continuity. So even though they lost the enemy, they still had everybody else. Whereas right. Philly lost both their coordinators and they fired two more this year. A lot of these coordinators are going to different jobs. So it's like, there's no continuity. You have the Detroit coordinators. Both of them are candidates for open jobs. Did the two or three hours, a couple of days out of the week you use to prepare for that, those Zoom interviews or those phone calls, did that take away from your game well, planning? Ever since Wednesday, all I've been hearing is Ben Johnson is going to be my new head coach. At the, in the with the commanders, yeah, that's all I've been hearing since Wednesday. It came out from Boomer Esiason. That was the only place I heard it, and then Saturday I saw it flooding all over the place. So, so, yeah, there's, so, so, so there's something to that, maybe. It's something to it. Uh, so that continuity, and then but, but you I don't add, know. You add they the, on fire though. It's not like they had a slow start. If they had a slow start or didn't play well at all, then maybe. But I mean, they came out on fire. Yeah, but you know, it's just like sometimes you just. You, you need to be fully focused. And I think Patrick Mahomes allows everyone on Kansas City to just be focused. That whole New England Patriots do your job. It's just something about when he comes out and he's on, it just looks different. It looks it looks very much like the greats that we've seen in other sports. It looks like Barry Bonds when it's like, you can't even get him to swing and miss or like Tony right. Gwynn when he's on or, or Jeter in the world series it's just, you know, obviously Jordan in the finals and, you know, LeBron in the Eastern conference is kind of dominated for you know 10, you know, 10 years or eight straight years. It's just like, and, or obviously Tom Brady, I think he played in 14 or 15 conference championships in his 21, 22 year career. I mean, that's, that's ungodly, but yeah. When you see Patrick Mahomes, like that first drive, I think he went six for six. He threw the touchdown, like the perfect throw to Kelsey. It wasn't even a back shoulder throw. He threw him a back hip throw. I've never, <laughs> like legit, it wasn't like, no, like if you look at the replay, that ball was not above. When it came down, it was in his hip. Because if you throw a back shoulder, the six foot four safety can defend it. Can't do anything when he throws the ball to a man's hip and he turns around and catches it. Kelsey right. 65260. Right. So when that happened, it was like Kyle Hamilton was everywhere after that. I don't know if he was in coverage. He did a lot of blitzing after that. I don't think he was well, they put, they put uh they put Kelsey in the slot a lot. So, they, so I think that freed up Hamilton to do more things. But they they manned him on because there was Tony Romo was like, that's the first touchdown he's given up to a tight end all year long. He's only given up 50 yards. It didn't look like it. It looked like it looked like he was lost. I know he wasn't lost in coverage, but the right, throw right, right, right. and the connection was so good in that first drive because Baltimore had gotten stopped, and then Kansas City got the ball uh, and just w w went right down the field. Then the next drive that Kansas City got the ball is the same thing. Look, you know, I think Mahomes hit his first eleven passes, yeah, it was like eleven or twelve. Yeah, you know, so. And the twelfth one, they got dropped. Hit dude right in his hands, so he was on, and you knew he was on. So when they got the lead, when they got when they got the seventeen seven, it was over into the third. But I think Andy Reid, Andy Reid, Nagy, Spags, all of these, like, listen, this, those guys on the other side are frustrated. 
it was very similar to the 13 to three Super Bowl Patriots uh-huh. Rams. It's like we don't need to do anything. We don't need to like listen, don't force that slant, don't force that post. No, if we got to punt it, we'll punt it. These guys are not used to not getting their way, and they're well, not getting their way at all. It's a dangerous game because it, it was some opportunities there. For a team that went three straight weeks without scoring in the second half, I didn't like the fact that they didn't score in the second half. I didn't like the fact that they only had, uh, what was it, uh, three yards per play in the second half, four first downs, outgained 250 to 90 in the second half. Now, with that being said, Baltimore beat themselves just as much as Kansas City did because they had three turnovers, Kansas City had none. But it wasn't just the fact that Baltimore had three turnovers. You know, there was a strip sack. You know, Zay Flowers going in for the for the end zone, or thought he was going in for the end zone. He was a little far away, but he thought he was going in for the end zone. And Steve makes so, a great play. So close, man. He, yeah. like, I think if they stopped it and, like, measured it with some, he, he had to be six to eight inches from the goal line when he knocks that ball out it's need at that speed play and then lamar jackson treats you know the end zone like it's a hail mary even though he was only like 20 yards away and and, and i kept saying it i kept saying it all day that kansas city's just eating clock and they're going to make baltimore press you know because in the first half kansas city held the ball for 20 minutes and 39 seconds so in the but second half, throwing. like I said, he he threw. He yeah, had, he was in the first off. half. He had twenty completions in the first half. Right. Baltimore made adjustments, and I think Kansas City just say, you know what, we're good with if we get this first down or not. Like we're good with throwing this tight end screen, and yeah. you're saying like you you wanted them to maybe get more points and just something like I, just just because they had they went through that issue. That's all. Yeah. But with, with that being said, I watched because when they got the ball back with like a minute something left in the third, I don't know how they, I don't know if it was a punt or whatever. I was telling my son, I was like, they're probably going to run this ball and punt it like right at the end of the third. So when Baltimore is coming back, still down two possessions, they're starting at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They ended right. up throwing a pass. And punting the ball, I think Baltimore got the ball back with like fifty something seconds left in well, the third. Like, but Lamar I felt Jackson, like it was like they just knew. They was like, "Listen, we don't need to. We don't need to throw any of these routes to get any. Give them any kind of momentum." It's like we're up two possessions. We know when they go zero coverage, we can beat them. I think they just knew. Like, listen, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to make them press. Yeah, and they did. That's all it was. Because I mean, when when they got the ball at the one, when Baltimore got the ball at their own one, Lamar tried to turn into Josh Allen, and you know there was a moment where it was third and one that I brought up earlier. It was third and one, and then he ran like sideways. Then he ran back four yards, and it was just like, first of all, you're Lamar Jackson. It's a yard. I just saw you run for like sixty yards earlier. I saw you catch your own pass earlier. Yeah. You know, and then Baltimore, between the running backs, eight carries. You know, Gus Edwards had six or so. Like it was just, it was just, it was just very confusing of what Baltimore was trying to accomplish. It's, it's the, it's like I said, it's the the continuity at the coordinator position and that the calm. Matt Nagy probably was not like Matt Nagy and whatever conversation he was having Patrick Mahomes. 
Patrick Mahomes didn't go to the front, the sideline in the second half, frustrated no matter what. Every drive essentially ended in a punt. And at no point did he look frustrated. He's like, right. I did my job. We ran off a couple of minutes off the clock. Right, 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 right. We're in good position to punt this ball away because he didn't, like, at no, Kelsey didn't, no one, no one on the offense of Kansas City looked like they wished they would have gotten the ball. They wish they would have moved the ball at all. There was no granted. A lot of the camera was panning to Lamar because Lamar was showing every emotion, like he was slamming his helmet, he was taking it off. He was visibly frustrated the whole game, and I think the Kansas City staff picked up on that and just like, listen, their leaders, they're normally jovial guy, happy guy, very relatable guy, just of just a smart, happy, competitive football player is completely flustered. And there's there's no one on the offensive side of the ball that I think can go to him that's on the field and like reassure him. If right. Kelsey is if Kelsey's is losing a little bit, Mahomes can come to him, grab him. If Kelsey's losing on the sideline or if Chris Jones is having a little something, Kelsey can go up to him, like, listen, listen, y'all gave him a touchdown. Don't worry about it. We got you. Right. Sit over here, get some water, get some oxygen. We about to take seven minutes off the clock, get a touchdown. You guys are gonna come back. They can I think there's veteran leadership at the highest level on that side with the players that will allow for that calm to sink in. Cause Kansas City was doing nothing in the second half, but just playing defense. They were just playing defense right. all the second half. Yeah, 90 and, total yards, you know. And no, um, and it didn't seem like anybody was bothered by what their responsibilities were in the second half. And I like Lamar, even though people think that I don't. I just want my quarterback to make a play with his arm as much as he can make a play with his legs. You he know, and, 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 and he wasn't playing the bad. Play design, the play design was bad. Like they didn't. Yeah, yeah. There was some play design the flat, issues. The receivers the outside were of the wide open. Nothing. Just run them up. Then, but that's the thing. If that's the case, if Odell Beckham and Bateman and Nelson Aguilar are excuse me only good for a splash play cool run them out you run them on 15 yard routes because when he was hitting hill and edwards in the flat it was 10 yards it was one drive where he hit uh number 43 i just said his name i'm drawing yeah yeah hill hit him in the flat he made a little shimmy on nick bolton boom 11 yards first now i thought it was gonna be Two yard, three yard gain, right. but it was one on one in the flat. It looked a lot like what we see Kansas City do from time to time, and that's the thing. Kansas City learned that after the Buffalo game that because once again they're talking about the thirteen personnel just running with three tight ends. They were like, "Cool, our wide receivers, Sky Moore, Kadorius Tony, they're not really making moves. We got Rasheed Rice, little of the guy Mike, and then McCall Hartman every once in a while." And you got MVS, but the strength of their team was the versatility of their tight ends. They ran Blake Bell, Watson, Kelsey, Gray. Uh-huh. So those, so you have four tight ends that sure-handed. They can block. They can catch short passes. Watson is a bit of a a bigger wide receiver type, but he's not going to yeah. take the top off defense. Right. But right. he can get you that that you know that that those thick routes. Like the shout out, shout out to MBS real quick too. You know what I mean? Like Whoa, dropping the pass on Monday Night Football he, and squeeze that thing like a firefighter catching a baby did. out of a burning he building. Did. You know, saying kids, 
take note out there, you know, like mistakes happen, you will get a chance to redeem yourself. If you act accordingly, as we transition to acting accordingly, Kadarius Tony was drafted pretty high by the Giants and traded away for a fifth round pick rather quickly. He went to his Instagram live talking about uh, beep, 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 beep. Y'all hurt. know this. I ain't hurt. Anyway, just like MVS could have done that, but he probably went to the lab and was like, all right, Patrick, <clears throat> sorry I dropped that pass. What do you want me to do when you see these routes? Like, listen, man, I want you to keep – if you're in man-to-man and zero, just keep coming across. I'm going to throw it in the middle of the field. It's going to be you and the ball. Right. Trust me, I'm going to need you at some point in this playoff run. And I think you stay professional because he had those same drop he had a big catch against Buffalo last week. He yeah, he had a couple. He had, I think he had a big catch against Miami in the cold. He had one against Buffalo. It's just like, but Kadarius Tony, I don't know what the conversation were inside the building. Obviously, they weren't favorable conversations because what he expressed on his social media was not uh it was an admirable conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs, but that just goes to show you it's like listen, you're on a championship team. And you are needed. They needed you. They probably had if he if it's attitude. And you were a big part of why they won the championship. You are like man, if you already got a ring, you about to get another one. Yeah, he had the big punt return. The biggest punt return in Super Bowl history. And it's like, are you resting on that solely? Like, oh, I did this last year and I have to work at it more. Like, even if you can't, if you weren't that good of a route runner. They'll just get you the ball shorter. Like they were trying to get in those drag routes, but he kept letting them pop up in the air. It's like, come right, on, dog. you right. gotta figure out something. And he just probably he wasn't playing. Like I said, I haven't seen him on the field since that that Buffalo game. So, so what's up with my man trying to hit Patrick Mahomes with the JBL clothesline from hell? Yo, it's it was accidental. <laughs> it's just it's hard to hide because his hand is so big. And it was taped up so it looked like a boxing glove already because he had his wrist tapes. He had the big gloves, the big lineman gloves. So it just looks like a look like a Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> but he hit him right in the face. Yeah. And it, those, a couple of those penalties. They, but like I said, the game, the game just kind of it just when I saw. Lamar was frustrated early, early. Yeah, it was. He was frustrated early and it's like then. Where was the adjustments? And I don't know, because they kept throwing long. Like he threw thirty-seven passes. Uh, yeah, uh, thirty. Yeah, twenty for thirty-seven. Twenty for thirty-seven. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes still threw thirty-nine, but not much in the second half. Like I said, he completed twenty in the first half. Yeah, ten in the second half, and he probably got ten for. He probably tripled his yardage total on that one completion the MVS at, in the fourth quarter. That's just like, it's just, it's just, it's strange that I picked against them and watching it play out. It's like, you're like, I knew this, but, but logically, <laughs> like I, I told my dad, I was like, listen, I'm a logical thinker. I picked logical reasons why I thought Baltimore went. I thought Baltimore played. I think they played their best game. Cause that's their, the, their team style. Right. It's not anything new. It's like it's power run game, smart quarterback play, strong defense, excellent level linebacker play. That's what Baltimore gives you. That's what they gave you ever since the buses 
came into Baltimore with the new team. Well, I always thought, well, I ain't going to say always. It was just yesterday. I thought mm-hmm. that if Zay Flowers would have got that touchdown, I think Baltimore would have won the game. Nah, because I think they would have done, if they were, I think Kansas City would have made it, would have would have taken advantage of the, the man-to-man coverage. Because that dude, Millette, number 10, he was in the pregame scuffle. So right. they were targeting him all game. I think he got he got hit with a bit of a cheap shallow blindside block, but he ran up in their huddle at the beginning of the game. So right. they picked on him a few times. Like I said, they got they got the little blindside block, rocked him a little bit, you know, put him out for a couple of plays, and then he was a target that gave up the. So I think Baltimore would have gone to some kind of aggressive trying to get the ball back because they still were pressing because it's not like they were that was just right. like a, a good play, and I think Kansas City would have done the. They would have got Kelsey involved and they would have done the dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. But I just think they were good with not giving Baltimore any momentum. And when so they did they, when they lost it, it was like, okay, we don't need it, we don't need to help them. So with that being said, what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Uh I wish I could go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's gonna be Liddy. Yeah. Um, I like it. I like all the rematch talk we're gonna hear. Um, I, I mean, I, I, as we'll get more statistical analysis, things like that. I just, I just want to know. We've seen both quarterbacks make winning plays in crunch time from early on in their career. Brock Purdy is still in his early stages. Hell, Mahomes only in six years, four Super Bowls in six years. Considering it should have been five if this dude's head was a foot back. And you never know. His head's a foot back. They go to that Super Bowl. Tom Brady leaves New England after that season and doesn't go to Tampa Bay. He goes to another team. He tries to go to the Raiders or something. And Mahomes goes, you know, he he could have gone to six straight Super Bowls. Think about it. Sure, there's a multiverse where he did. Think because he had just a head over the line. That game's over. That, that, that Kansas City wins that game, and if Chris Jones holds on to Joe Burrow, and they get a sack, like midway through the fourth, Cincinnati's punting the ball back. They're going back to that Super Bowl against the Rams. So just those two plays, because they they had they had a big lead against Cincinnati, and they had the game won. Against New England until the penalty for the offside. Right, yeah, because it was a pick on that. They were play. taking, yeah, they it was like the ball got tipped. It was picked. They're taking these games over. Yeah. So yep. that's that's the that's the crazy inches. part. The game of inches. That, that's and that's the crazy part. So, so, so my first thoughts were, oh man, Andy Reid got two weeks. You know, Spags got two weeks. That was my first thought. You know, uh, but then I thought to myself, well, Kansas City does have the twenty eighth ranked rushing defense and Baltimore did nothing to try to take advantage of it at all. So I would imagine with a guy like Christian McCaffrey versus Gus Edwards, just name wise, you're going to get Christian McCaffrey, the ball, you know, he's going to demand touches. The the game is going to dictate that he should get touches. So I think it's still going to be a very close game. I know somebody, I ain't going to say no names. Said I got, that, a, different, I yeah, got, a, I got yeah, a different score in mind. Yeah, said, said I'll two scores. It. You know, yeah. you know, but but no, I think that what I'm not prepared for 
is the aftermath either way. You know, because if San Francisco loses, we're back to the Brock Purdy thing again. We're back I to – I think, think I think so. I don't think how it because because we just saw the defense because we just saw what the defense did to Lamar Jackson. We saw what the defense did to Josh Allen, and we see what the defense did to the Miami Dolphins. So the Kansas City defense, it's not like they're playing a team like, for instance, if they would have played the Falcons in the NFC Championship game, the Falcons have a good defense. They don't have a dominant front. If you play poorly against a team that isn't dominant up front then it's like, okay, you're making mistakes on the back end. Like, you're just making bad throws. You're throwing in a bad coverage. But if, get, but if you get yeah, if you get, if you get a team like Kansas City that can just beat you up up front, very similar to what Baltimore did. Baltimore dominated the game up front in the second half. It's just in the first half, Kansas City just came out quick. Boom, 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 boom. Kelsey was ready. It was hyped up. Was the smelling salts, whatever they was on in the tunnel, and they came out <laughs> like gangbusters. What so – I think if Brock Purdy does struggle, he'll struggle because he's going to have a dude in his chest causing these deflections. It won't be like he's just throwing in the coverage against a poor defense. I think what does concern me is I have not recognized San Francisco's defense since the playoffs started. Facts. It's the same thing I said to my son. That's why I picked Detroit. I was like, they haven't looked like the way people feel about them. Like I don't know if the Baltimore game – because it was mostly the defense, you know, they got five picks that game, Purdy threw four of them, you know, so, like, I don't know if that game did something, like, psychologically. No, I just, I, I think what San Francisco's defense is, it's good, but it's getting praised, like, it's great. They have talent, like, with Greenlaw and Fred yeah, Warner, yeah. they have talent everywhere, but that talent doesn't show up every week. Joey yeah, I, Bosa, I mean, Nick Bosa was essentially neutralized against Philly last year. They just ran right at him. And that happens often. Then you have Gregory, and I saw a report today that Chase Young yeah, I was just might be say limited that. because they, on, they feel like they said he, he takes plays off. Because Yeah, yesterday on the hot box, that's what I brought up, you know, when we were talking about what is San Francisco missing. And it's like, you know, because they were down, you know, at the time. It was like, yeah. well, they're not missing a lot. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe another corner or something like that. And, when, and Chase when, you're, Young, when you're that good up front, you could get pressure. Like, that's why Kansas City plays so well. Yeah. like, they get pressure up front, and they have good but young Kansas athletes has, on the back end. Yeah, I was going to say, Kansas City has probably – okay, here it comes. Here it comes. Kansas City probably has a top two or three corner in the league. You know what I mean? So you could do that. It, it's like So when the Giants beat – the Patriots, the first time. Yeah, the first six, time. They, the first time. There was like six or seven guys that were just throwing at Tom Brady. Spags. Right. So, so, so it didn't matter what the corners were doing. It didn't matter what the corners were doing back there. You know what I mean? They, had, but, they didn't have to work. But with Kansas City, but with Kansas City, you have Chris Jones and the guy's name that I still can't pronounce. You know, you got them coming through, and you yeah, probably got the, this. Yeah, you probably got. I don't want to get the African, the African guy coming off the, the right side. I don't know if I want to say the best, but a top two or three corner tandem in the league, if not the Between best. McDuffie and, and uh, yeah, the, yeah, McDuffie and Sneed. And, and remember, Sneed was the one that made the play on Zay Flowers. And the backup got the interception. So Edwards goes out of the game. They bring in another safety. He gets the pick on the that throw that Lamar threw in the triple. Yeah, the, the, the Hail Mary. Yeah, like the 20 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it just 
I don't know. I just I just feel like the re- like I thought Detroit was gonna win because I felt like they believed in each other. I think San Francisco has all the pieces. I just felt that Brock Purdy was going to throw you, like I said, a couple of a couple of right. little those little layups. And I think against Kansas City, it's pretty likely to happen because the front is big. Brock Purdy, like they said, they got listed as six one. You get that pressure up the middle with I think Chris Jones is like six five, six six. That's a big guy to just be pushing right up front. And that's his move. Right. Like he'll do the swim and he'll do the bull. And it's like either way, he's impacting. He's either in your lap or you got Tranquil that's blitzing or Nick Bolton. I mean, like they, they what they what Kansas City can do because of their defensive front, because of the way Spagnola just kind of like locked in. He's five years of defensive coordinator. I haven't heard his name come up as being a head coach again. Maybe he doesn't want to do it. Maybe that's like that's the perfect guy to have. Is a guy that's like, I've done the head coaching thing. I don't want to do it. I just want to just get super creative with these young athletes. And that's what he's doing. Cause that that pick, it had like Bolton was underneath. And then the other guy who attempted to grab him, my dad says is a, a hold him. Like, listen, the dude ran right by him. He tried to grab him, yeah. but he ran right by him. Yeah. And then the pick is like it just you know, just like the, the way the way they just play Lamar, and there was like uh Everyone we were watching the game, they were like, just run. And I was like, I think they got a spy on him from the secondary. See, I didn't I didn't think they had well, it might have been in the secondary, but most yeah. of the game I didn't think there was a spy. I either it was tranquil, because that's why those little flat routes were open, because like you gotta leave a guy that's kind of like just doing this. So I think a couple of times I saw it to where they had us they had Reed, because Reed got a tackle on like a third and one. I think that's mm-hmm. what you're talking about. It's like third, it's like third and one. And you saw he said he was going sideways. So by the time he decided to to break for it, Reed came from the secondary to make the tackle. I think technically right. it was a tackle, maybe it was a sack, but that turned into fourth and three. And he threw it to Odell Beckham on fourth and three when they it was like it was like fourth and three from their own like twenty or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, but he made that play from the secondary. So it looked like on that play he was spying. I don't think I don't think they had a spy on very often during that game. They had something had to look because he he would bounce and slide. Or, or, or like you or like you're saying, it wasn't a traditional spy in the yeah, way. Yeah, it probably wasn't underneath. It was it was but it felt as if because they rushed three a few times. So that's eight dudes in coverage. It's like, all right, someone's gotta be spying Lamar Jackson if you're only rushing three guys. But every it seemed like so many routes were just long, deep routes and like these developing routes, and it's like Get him on the edge. Like he's the type of quarterback you can get on the edge. Like Jared mm-hmm. Goff is probably not the quarterback you can put on the edge. You might not want to roll Derek Carr and like cut off half the field. And they still do it anyway. But with a guy like Lamar, you get him on the edge. Kyler, you know, some of these guys, Josh Allen, you run some of these guys, get them on the edge, give them, you know, a run pass option in that traditional sense, not the whole fake and everything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you you get them, you get three or four first downs. The Kansas City would have to change their defense. Baltimore never put them in a position where it was like, all right, we need to do something to make them switch it up. Right. Like when Zay Flowers got beat, he was being covered by a linebacker. They were like, Yeah, we're not doing that again. Yeah, if I remember correctly, 
not only did he fumble on that drive, it was all the same drive. He fumbled, he got the, the taunting the, penalty, the, the taunting and I first. think there was a play where he ran the wrong route too. So it was a taunt. So he had the taunt. So he got the catch. Like I think it was like 50 yards. Then he got the because he did three things. He probably could have got away with one. He did the yeah. push when he stood up, spun the ball on him, which is literally every referee is coming to get the ball. So that's going to attract attention. Him. And then you flexed on him. So it was like you could have got away with all of that minus the ball. Walking, you could have you could have got up, flipped the ball to the ref, flexed to your teammates, talk shit to him, walking back to your huddle. And it would have had the same effect because I don't think you doing that to him made him feel worse. Right. I think he still would he would have felt the same way about giving up the yards, but now you got the ball at the 10. Yeah, and then not he, yet. Then he now he has to switch the penalty. <laughs> yes, now you give him time, you gave him space because from the 10, now he his mindset and the whole defense's mindset has to switch up because you have Lamar Jackson at the 10 yard line. The fans are back in it. Zay Flowers is getting open. But from the 25, we can do what we've been doing this whole field and just like right. give him no running lanes, play a tight zone, and see what happens. So yeah, I, I think that was bad. But then then you know, at insult to injury, when he was upset on the sideline, he was banging his hand. Oh yeah, he hit his helmet. That's yeah. when he cut his hand. So yeah. I thought he cut his hand on the on the field. He cut his hand, showing his frustration hand by hitting his, yeah. and he ended up hitting his helmet. So he cut his hand. Yeah, and yeah. That, it was, I mean, that was just it. Baltimore just like you said. I don't know if you you were actually talking about Detroit when you used the word, but to some degree, Baltimore imploded too. You know, yeah. um, everybody's got a plan until they got punched in the mouth. And Kansas City came through with a forearm shiver, and Baltimore just never recovered. Yeah, they were being petty. The 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 Justin Tucker. I don't what what was just was he kicking? Was he warming up he, from yeah, the goal line? Yeah, he was warming line? up kicking, and then Kelsey threw the uh, little Let, hole. Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes on one of his like he was throwing a pass, like he was yeah. doing a little warm up. On his his step through, he kicked the thing over. Yeah, you know, like he slid. And he was like, so he kicked it. Yeah, and, and all of that was before set it up again. You know, <laughs> yeah. And then the scuffle happened. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think it just was it was a masterclass in why Andy Reid is gonna win this Super Bowl and ride off into the sunset. Well, you know that you know that back in the day, right when we were little kids, <laughs> you know there was always like the little bully that was trying to take everybody's lunch money, all that kind of stuff like that. And I remember, you know, like what I was being told was like, nah, you got to get the bully before he get you, you know, or when the bully pop off, just punch him. Like, don't even say nothing. Don't, don't tell him no, just punch him. That's what Kansas City did. That's what Kansas City did. My whole life. I never had a bully. Cause if it looked like we, I'm going to hit you. Yeah. Baltimore, Baltimore, is used to bullying teams around, pushing them around. Mahomes and it, and, it, and it was so fitting that it was Mahomes because he's the dude that you think wouldn't necessarily do that type of stuff. But it was just showing you like we're here for business. Like we're not here to be punked today. We're doing the punking. And I think they just set a tone. He sees like you can tell that you can tell their level of comfort inside the lines. You can just see it. You can yeah. see that I'm we're good. And I think 
it's a matter of like, I only did they have to reassure, reassure each other. I think it's just something you could just see it in his face. You can see it in his body language. And something I noticed, me and my dad would talk about this before I got, you know, have our weekly, you know, football chats and other sports chats. Mahomes is a pretty like big dude. Yeah. Yeah. When he was standing next to Kelsey, I was like, oh. Cause like I know he's, you know, he just he just he looks like a like a like a Roethlisberger. He doesn't have like that real cut figure. Like Lamar looks like just strong, physically cut. Like Josh Allen looks like way big. I think yeah. he, but he's like six five, six six, two forty. Oh, he, like <laughs> he probably looks. He probably is like. He probably is probably like two forty five throughout the season. That's a big dude. Right. And I think Mahomes is, was when he was standing next to Kelsey. I was like, oh, so he's pretty solid, hard to bring down. So when he does have to scramble for four or five yards. He could run through the initial arm tackle because right, he's run up right. to a, a corner that's probably twenty pounds lighter than him. Right. So like that was that was something that's kind of surprised me because I see him talk side by side, but stand, having him on stage, both like wearing like the white jerseys, I was like, oh, he's just a yeah. pretty solid. Yeah, but I think I think they set the tone early. They just let Baltimore know that you ain't gonna bully us, and yeah, you know, was, so as we effective. yeah, so as we get back to the Super Bowl, you know. Um, Obviously, part of the key here is can San Francisco get pressure? And obviously, I wouldn't advise San Francisco to just just straight up blitz all the time or a lot of the time. But you just got to get home with your base, sort of like how we were used to Baltimore doing. You just got to get home with your base and you got to hold coverage and hope that MVS is having a bad game or something along those lines. Um, I think that Brock Purdy is going to be under pressure, you know, um, you know, so, so decision-making, you know, back what you were saying, you know, Hey, you know, he's going to throw you one or two that he's going to throw you. He's going to throw you one or two because he is a rhythm thrower. He throws a lot of perfectly placed passes. Um, But if you, as a defensive team and you study film well enough, and you recognize these route combinations, you might be able to jump it to the point where he has to go to a second or third read. And he seems he seems to progress very well. It's just that when the pocket collapses on him, he is on the smaller side, like right. a little bit bigger than Drew Brees. So I don't know if he can do like what Lamar can do is quickly drop back and reset the pocket because he moves from that one point to five yards back so quick seven yards back so quick and then side so he can he can do that moving tom brady is one of those guys he just was good at manipulating the pocket but he was so big that when his when he threw the pass he was already you know he's six five right so he's already you know he's like i can slide in this pocket and create this little crease to get this pass down the element whereas purdy four or five inches shorter than tom brady he ha- he has to get around chris jones he has to potentially beat the blitz. They blitz the safeties a lot. So that's athleticism. So is McCaffrey going to be used to pick up a lot of blocks? Or are you going to try to get it to him quick? And if you do, th- does that blitzer tip one in the air, similar to the one Lamar had to catch himself? Right. It's like those kind of plays. Because there was a couple other routes. Like Bolton had an interception go through his hand yesterday for and then he then he was on he was underneath that route 
that got intercepted in the end zone. So he's he seems to be in position when it's time to catch the you know these picks. Yeah, we remember him from the Super Bowl last year. Just making plays. And Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, it they, should have been two touchdowns. Yeah, that fumble should have counted. I put like $10 on him because it was like 51. <laughs> like, I would have went like five Gs if they would have called I, it a I'm touchdown. I'm trying not. How much? So so I know that right now you're leaning in Kansas City. Um, Correct. How much of that? Now, like, I truly think that you're leaning in Kansas City. But how much of Kyle Shanahan factors? Into while you're into why you're leading Kansas City. I don't think Kyle Shanahan makes poor decisions as a head coach. I just didn't think the the Super Bowl. I thought he should have each Super Bowl he should have ran the ball. But those, I mean, that's was that seven years ago from the Atlanta one, and then and now five, five years, years from the uh, four or five years from the last one. I'm leaning because I think the player more likely to make an ill-timed mistake is Brock because Patrick and the Chiefs have experience on their side. It's not like they have like a completely different team from the last time they won a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl a year ago. So so many of those guys made plays in the Super Bowl. They were there. They they felt the pressure. They they they've handled this two weeks between the championship round and the Super Bowl before. So they know the routine. They know the schedule. They can think back to life in February, 2023 before the last Super Bowl. And I think Brock Purdy would, like I said, just that, that the tipped, the tip pass at the line of scrimmage on one of these screens or a pass kind of thrown ill-advised into the middle of something, a couple of crossing routes, you know, IU, it's precise timing routes. Somebody in Kansas City jumps it. Like Bolton, jump, like you said, just like one of one of those plays happens, and I think it happens after a Kansas City touchdown. I think Kansas City gets a touchdown, puts a little bit of pressure on them because 7-0, and then they get the turnover. They go up two possessions, and you saw what they did to Baltimore two weeks ago. Like that's that that's immediately going to happen. If they go up two possessions, the immediate thought is going to be, all right, let's simple let's simplify this so we don't turn it into a Baltimore. Did. What happened in Baltimore is like they should have stuck to what their original game plan was. When it was when they got seven seven, then they got the 14-7, they should have been like, no, we're good. Let's yeah. stick to what we were doing. We just early. got a touchdown and they gave up on their plan. Yeah, they, they were acting like they were down 21. And mm-hmm. you you know, like so what I'm looking forward to is the wide receivers against the corners. You know, we just talked about it. Sneed and McDuffie against Ayuk and Debo. That's what I want to see, and I think that that's going to be the determination because, like I've been saying, no quarterback is thrown for 300 on Kansas City this year. I'm not saying that Brock needs to throw for 300 for San Francisco to win, you know, but I want to see can these receivers get that separation because Ayuk usually does. Ayuk gets the separation. Debo isn't your traditional route runner. He's more right. a football player that you just put out there, like I think you could line him up as tight end and, and you know, go and, line, and he can make a good, he can make, he'll make a great block or fake the block and get out in the pass. So I think that lack of, I don't say dynamic, but I just, I don't know if the threats are everywhere. Right, right, right. To where, I get what you're compared saying. to the capability of Kansas City's defense, I don't think they, they're going to be like, oh, we are so concerned with 
X the same way. Like, yeah, you're concerned with Zay Flowers, but you you didn't you weren't really concerned with Nelson Aguilar or Odell Beckham or even Bateman. And I want to see I want to see which San Francisco run defense shows up because, like we always say, Kansas City can run the ball; they just don't always do it enough or not balanced enough. And so they got real vanilla in the second half. The right. first so half they I had that play where Kelsey looked like he was going to throw the ball. Like it was like they had a like Patrick Mahomes rolled, flipped it to Kelsey, a tight end leaked out. Kelsey fake like he was going to throw it, kept it, ran, he got a first yeah. down. They didn't do anything that wasn't just shotgun. Yeah. Un- like yeah. I think they were shotgun the whole second half inside zone runs. I think they kept it, kept it super vanilla. So San Francisco, they don't have any recent film of any like they did a trickery against the Raiders that cost them two touchdowns. The Chiefs did. Right. right. I don't think they've done anything close to that since. And then so you know they, they got at least two or three of those plays lined up. And then Pacheco is one of those little frustrating dudes. Like he just runs hard. So even though he's little, you know, you gotta expand expend energy to get him down. You know, you gotta like you gotta have effort to bring him down. Like some running backs come through and you get an arm on him and you know, like I got him. Yeah. You know, Pacheco's not that type. So, you know, um San Francisco, like I mentioned it last week, they're running defense throughout the regular season, third in the league. You know, and we've seen them the last couple of weeks not look so great. So can San Francisco put Kansas City into third and longs, even though you're playing against Mahomes? who can convert third and long, but it's obviously still going to be harder when you're trying to go third and eight versus third and four, third and three. So how many of those first and second downs can San Francisco win? And then, and then second, then lastly, you know, um, Spags, you know, because it's just a chess matchup because I feel that Andy Reid can win his matchup with Wilkes more decisively then Shanahan can win his matchup with Spags. But like I said, that, that matchup requires like, like I said, this, I'm not banging on Brock Purdy. I just no, feel, no. I just feel that Reed knows his quarterback is not going to have wide eyes. Or, or, or like, I, or like Cassidy told me, Bill, you coming through with the frog eyes. Yeah, he's not going to be out there like Rashad Carwell. Yeah. His eyes bulging out of his head. And he, like, if they if Kansas City scripts their first 15 plays, Patrick Mahomes is going to know exactly what each type of defense can do to take that play away. Right. Like, without a doubt. They've been running it, the language, everything for, you know, his seven seasons that he's been in the league. Um. So I just feel like that that level of information, if you think about it, he's at 14 playoff wins. I think he's behind Tom. Like Tom, Tom Brady is 35. Uh, Tom in Montana. And I think Montana's 20. Maybe he has 16. 16, okay. So, yeah. Because yeah. San Francisco's only like 9 on 11 in the playoffs or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I just, I'm just thinking about – yeah, he passed. I like I like, I like to play calling, but what we saw from Detroit yesterday, Detroit was getting whatever they wanted running the ball early. 
Like they were just making things happen, running the ball early. It was frustration on San Francisco side. Yeah, they tightened up, and Detroit helped them get back into it. Right, right, right. <laughs> I think I would be a little bit more. I still, would, if Detroit would have won, I still would have been leaning Kansas City. Even though I know it's ironic, I didn't pick them throughout their AFC playoff run. <laughs> but I think against the NFC team. Like I just, I just feel like they match up a little better because, like I said, yeah, San, Francisco's, really hoping, San Francisco's dominant front I haven't seen for a couple of months. I was really hoping for Detroit, Kansas City, just for the whole. This the was the game that started the season. This is the game that ends the season. So I thought that was one of those just G whiz. You know, ten years from now, you're at Buffalo that Wild was, Wings. That was the other script. That was the other script. They threw that script out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, but so ten they, years they, from they now, you would have been at Buffalo ones. Wild Wings, and it would have been. What two teams have played in the first regular season and last regular season or uh, Super Bowl? You know, that would have been a trivia question. But, yeah, I, I think that uh, I like I like what you're saying. Uh, I think that Kansas City, we, we came into the playoffs with questions about their offense. You know? Yes. But they haven't been, outside of the Buffalo game, they haven't necessarily been forced to play their best offensive game. And even even then, it wasn't necessarily like Buffalo made them do it. Like If McCole Hartman doesn't fumble at the goal line, yeah, they win by 34-24. But the question that I have is, if San Francisco is able to have success, can Kansas City keep up over the course of four quarters? Because – now we're up to four games now this season, at least, that they haven't scored in the second half. So if San Francisco, so if halftime is say 17 to 14, either way, doesn't even matter who's winning. Yeah. You know, kid Kansas City throw punches back, which is a dumb question because they have Patrick Mahomes. Correct. You know what I mean? They have the better quarterback. So why would you ask that question? But I shouldn't have to ask that question, but they went four games without scoring in the second half. Yeah, it's it's the strangest, <laughs> it's the strangest greatness run we've ever seen from a guy. And it's like he puts that 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 narrative of, oh, you need these kind of players around you. Like, nah, if you have a special player, and we've seen it in this generation. Um, you know, the guy from Akron, when you have that guy, you can make things happen. San Francisco is a lot like Golden State, where it's just like you look at them, they have two MVP finalists on offense, they have a perennial defensive player of the year in defense, they have Chase Young, who was a number two overall pick, they got Randy Gregory, I think it was number five overall pick. Uh-huh. <coughs> then they have Fred Warner. Who there's a play I see I seen a highlight of him. He's in the middle of the field. They throw a pass to the flat to to the running back, and the running back is making a cut behind a block. And Fred Warner jumps like a missile and he catches him <laughs> in midair. And it's like he did in like three steps. Then you got Drake Greenlaw. So you got so you just you you just have these these players all over the field, and it's like. They are they are a lot like the Golden State Warriors, where it's just like this firepower is ridiculous. Uh-huh. But is your star Steph Curry gonna be able to hit the big shot at the end when it comes when it comes his way? 
Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, Steph finally hit the shot the other night, even though Draymond should have got called for that screen. Just for LeBron to come down and hit the free throws, you know, saying, I'm sorry, Steph. You know, saying hey. finally hit the damn shot. Might as well have fun with the uh regular season. They're not gonna make it far. Yeah, that's true. The postseason. So that's true, you know. But Luckily, yeah, I, California has the, the 49ers to cheer for, so you know <laughs> it's an embarrassment of riches up there. But yeah, um, I think I'm leaning Kansas City early as well, but I can see a path where the 49ers win this game. <laughs> I just think that as I go through life, I've learned sometimes the simple answer is the correct answer. You know, saying so Kansas City has the better defense. Kansas City has the better quarterback. Kansas City has the, the better head coach. Head coach. They have the better defensive coordinator. You know, so I mean, you give San Francisco Shanahan over Nagy, I guess. You know, like I'm not, you know, but, but Nagy, that's the thing. Nagy is, I guess, technically the offensive coordinator. But it's really Andy Reid, probably. Andy Reid, I think Andy right. Reid still calls the plays. Right. So there you go. So Andy Reid better than Shanahan. So yeah. But, <laughs> so what you have there though is you probably have like Nagy and Mahomes can like just kind of piece it together on the sideline while right. Andy Reid does his head coaching responsibilities while the defense is on the field and he's paying right. attention to what's going on out there. So and you and it's a trust there, like. Nagy understands that he was in, he was with me before he got his job and he came back. So it was like those two got to handle it. It was like it was my knock on Arthur Smith. It's like you can't do both because you don't have the experience right. to maintain it all. Hence why your quarterback is always making red zone interceptions because he doesn't have someone who knows the game plan talking him through it in live action. And okay. I think that was happened with Lamar. It's like you have an opportunity to just settle down. And right. I don't know if that occurred. Like, I don't know if there are offensive coordinators in the booth, but like I said, I personally rather have my guy on the field. And I want I want to be able to look into his eyes and be like, what do you see? What do you see? Or a wink or like a, a pinky thing, like, yo, let's do this, something. But I'm like, you can't do that if you're in the booth. And, and there's also uh the fact that San Francisco has been living very dangerously throughout these playoffs and you know you, you could argue detroit was young you know you could argue jordan love was young maybe the moment got a little too big you know he made the cardinal send mistakes throwing it across the middle like that rolling to the right throwing it back to the left right but one out of ten times the I way that san francisco has been playing these last two games living on the edge like that they absolutely cannot do this the game okay. looked very different. Watching the Kansas City Baltimore game, just it looked the Kansas City Baltimore game looked like two well coached teams. And I was texting, like I was texting the group, the hot box chat, like, yo, this is gonna be one of those games, like one of those games we talk about, like the like the Super Bowl last year, or like the the Philly Philly. It was gonna be one of those kind of the Joe Flacco throwing a deep bomb in Denver to get them to the Super Bowl. It was, I felt like it was going to have that kind of back and forth last team with the ball needing the score to win kind of situations. And that's what it yeah. looked like. When I watched the Detroit San Francisco game, it felt like a week 11 game. Like the way Detroit just kind of moved the ball. I think they scored like two minutes. 
You know, no, I don't even think it was that. <laughs> it, was like, like 90, it was like three plays. Yeah, it was like 90 seconds or 90 seconds to two minutes. It was it was somewhere in that in that range, minute and a half yeah. to two minutes. So it was like it looked different. It didn't look like it didn't look like a team in the championship game. And then as you see it play out, not taking the points, going forward on fourth down, the the bad throws. It just it felt more like a team that was out there playing a game plan, but right. not playing a game at this with this the 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 understanding the brevity of that moment. Whereas Kansas City was of all the four teams, Kansas City looked like they understood this championship moment. And it like I said, that's it but like I said, go right back to the, the New England, the New England Rams game. Some teams just know this is working. We don't need to do anything because what Dan Campbell said was we don't like, gotta win our way. We, we just gotta win. Yeah, we just gotta win. He was like, I didn't kick the field goal because I wanted to do it our way or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. Right. But it right, was right. like, you just got to – like, I want no, I want to get the edge back or the advantage back, something along those lines. I'm like, tie the game up. That's your <laughs> advantage. Because I was talking about this with my son. If Green Bay – if the kicker for Green Bay makes the field goal and it's 27-20, San Francisco getting the ball back at the 25-yard line because most – most times they're going to kick and get a touchback. Right. So now you got the ball to 25 yards. 75 yards to go. 75 yards to go. Young quarterback, home playoff game. He's been playing poorly this whole game for the, for the most part. And now the defense is out there like, yo, we got to keep them out of the end zone. So you right. can gamble. Second, second and eight, I might send a blitz. But when you get the ball at the 40 and it's like, we can't give up anything. We just we're down. We're only up four. This guy's hot, you know, and the momentum's completely different. But kicking that field goal, making that field goal, changes the whole entire dynamic of the game. I think Green Bay wins because he would have he would have to make just extra throws. He just would have to just make. He couldn't just do the check down on the handoff because right, it's too late in the right. game. He would have right. had to have gone for it. And then we're gonna talk about this real quick. Why did Detroit run the ball? When they need to keep all three timeouts, I have no idea. Like I have no idea. And that's the thing is like it's not a game of surprises. And the the dude that called that play about to be my head coach. The dude that let it go through is the head coach. Like no, 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 no. (laughs) Like listen, we have Laporta. We got one of the best cat, best cats, pets, pass cat catching tight ends in the league. Yeah, Iowa tight end. Yeah, from Iowa, we got an Iowa tight end. We throw the ball to the Iowa tight end. Like, that's what you do. You draft yeah. a guard from Northwestern, you get a tackle from Ohio State, and you throw the ball to Iowa tight ends. That's what you, if you have that on your team, that is what you do. Right. So just in in on top of that, like you needed to keep those three timeouts. Like that's that was that those were your diamonds right there. You needed to keep that currency. It just it's like I said, it just felt like and I, and I think that it felt I wonder, like a week eleven game. Like it, it felt like the moment was too big for so well, many. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I wonder how much of that is Campbell not being a traditional coach as far as like being an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator and then climbing up where I think he was like an offensive line coach or a defensive line coach or something like that. Yeah, I don't think it's a coaching thing. I think it's a uh I use the analogy of gambling. I like to gamble. I like I like shooting craps when I go to casinos. I'm willing to 
depends on what kind of trip I'm on. Like if I'm in Vegas or something like that, I'm willing to go $200 up to three, like $300. If I lose 300, then it's like, okay, I'm, this is definitely not my night. Not my night. Yeah. Campbell was at the point where he is already at 400, 500 on that 300 limit that he already preset for himself. And when he got to the point where he could just make this, make this simple bet, just play the pass line, pay the odds in the pass line, play the hard ways, keep it simple, try to get your money back a little bit at a time. So take this field goal to stop the bleeding, take the field goal. So I was like, all right, take that 60 bucks. Nah, he going to take this on. I'm, I'm going to go get another hundred and I'm going <laughs> to put it on this, on this field bet. It's a one yeah, roll bet. Right but, if 12, but if this 12 hit, that 100 goes to 400. Right. And then it, it's a one roll bet. So fourth and three, man, instead of kicking this field goal, get me points. I'm a gamble because the, get, the, the, the payout of the gamble is more exciting and more impactful to our sideline versus we need to get the score to 27 27 Mm -hmm. because if we give them the ball back and we don't hold them to a field goal now we're down two possessions we haven't held them to a field goal and a few drives Mm -hmm. so it's just like that that was the thing and he he said like he wanted to get the edge back or something like that it's like just get the points this is what he lives and dies by it worked out for him it didn't work out for brandon staley you know like this is just what it is see staley staley I don't think Staley's ever made Staley would do he would go for fourth down in places where it was no man's land. Yeah. Like he wouldn't be on the fringe of the field goal and not take the field goal. He would just be at the 47. And it's like the other team has no timeouts. But we're up two. But if we get this first down, we could just kneel the clock out. It's like, yeah. man, just it's 50 seconds left. Let the clock Put him at the five. Put him at the five and, and, and go ninety-five yards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like so, that's kind of stuff that Staley was doing. Yeah. So you know, but yeah, you know, so Detroit. I know you know I've been making jokes a little bit tonight, but you know, but no, this is the best season in franchise history. You know, saying I know it sucks. It's going to be painful, but absolutely, you just gotta you just gotta live it up. You know, try again next year. A lot of teams don't get back. Atlanta made the playoffs the following season after the collapse, and they beat the yeah. Rams, and they had a game against Philly. Like and they're already talking about an extension for golf, so there you go. So you know, uh, we'll see how that goes. You know, but on that note, y'all, sports reports is ordered. You know, what I'm saying thanks for do tuning us- in our second live show. Yes, sir. Do us a favor. Do some liking, some subscribing, some sharing. It's all free. Ain't gonna charge you a dime. Damn sure ain't gonna charge your grandma a dime. but he is world famous world class top of the line absolutely foot on your neck 100% snatching your heart snatching your soul (laughs) don't bring feelings to a fact fight let's go yes sir I am 2-5 but more like the first half of Eminem's career (laughs) we love you all we will be back on thursday absolutely you know what i'm saying might be time to talk some basketball (laughs) association but you know what we about we about scooby-doo guess what america we love you
Peace.